Hey friends, happy Magical Monday. I'm Courtney. And I'm TJ. And welcome to another very special episode of the Wish Upon a Sparks podcast. We're so glad that you're here. Yes. <laughs> I thought you weren't going to say anything. I was like, oh. Today we have a, uh, a really, really special guest. Um, Aaron is on with us. Aaron Duncan. Woo! Aaron was like, hi everybody. Hi everyone. Great job. Crushed it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're super excited to have her back. You were on for Encanto. Encanto. Yes. yes. That was a really fun episode. It was very fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's life been? It's been good. Just busy. Yeah. With everything. Yeah. You're one of the most insanely busy uh, teenagers I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. She's always doing something. Um, well, we always ask our guests a fun fact. You've already been on and said a fun fact, so you got to have a second fun fact. Um, or at least a fact. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> have to be fun. Doesn't have to be fun. Just has to be a fact. <laughs> Um, I am very involved in theater at my school. Yes, you are. Yes. She's very talented. She does a great job. Yes. Thanks, TJ. You're welcome. <laughs> Despite me making fun of you all the time, I think you're actually really talented. <laughs> we actually went to a musical last night. Yes, we did. Yep, six of us, um, me, Courtney, Mikey, Kelsey, David, and Aaron. It was really, really fun. Yeah, we went and saw Mean Girls. Yeah, super fun. It was my first Broadway musical. I loved it. Yeah, now you're on the dark side. I am on the dark side. Now I want to go to all of them. Jacksonville's theater is pretty cool, too. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it was really nice. I, I liked it a lot. All right, Courtney. Kick us off for the plot. Or no, I kick us off the plot. We haven't even talked about what we're talking about Oh, today. yeah, true. What movie were we talking about? Go. So, this is our special one-year anniversary episode. It's also our 50th episode. Whoop, whoop. On our first episode. 50 episodes? This is our 50th episode. Wow. Yeah. So um, our very first episode was about Beauty and the Beast. So today we're going to talk about the live action version of Beauty and the Beast. Yes. So excited. Beauty and the Beast is one of those movies that I think all three of us like really hold dear to our hearts. Like the original animated one. Yeah. Plus the live action one's really, really good. Um, I know the live action one gets a little bit of quote unquote hate. Like people don't like it as much as the original, but I like the live action a lot. I think it's really, really good. I agree. I actually did a poll on my Instagram stories and I was very um, surprised at how many people actually liked the live action as opposed to the um, animation. Yeah. You did a poll for that. You also did a poll that people liked Emma Watson as Hermione. Oh, Hermione versus Belle. And Belle was like pretty close. Yeah, it was 44% Belle, 56% Hermione. And I was like, I thought people were going to love Hermione. Yeah, same. But Hermione's so iconic. She is. Iconic. Yeah, Hermione's great. Emma Watson crushed that. Yeah. Yeah. Crushed that role. Okay. Well, you want to start us off with the plot? I guess so. Why not? Here we go. Buckle in. Whoop. (laughs) Thanks, Courtney. Did it off, Mike. <laughs> All right, here we go. An enchantress disguised as an old beggar woman arrives at a castle during a ball and offers the host a selfish and unkind prince an, un, an enchanted rose in return for shelter from a storm. When he scornfully turns down the offer, she reveals her true form and transforms him into a beast and his servants into household objects before erasing him, the servants, and the castle from the memories of their loved ones and everyone else in the nearby village. She warns the prince that the curse will only be broken if he learns to love another and have that person love him back before the last petal of the rose falls. If not, he will remain a beast for the rest of his life while the servants will become inanimate objects. Several years later, in a small town... 
Belle, the book-loving daughter of a widowed artist named Maurice, dreams of adventure. She constantly brushes off advances from Gaston, an arrogant hunter and war veteran, as he is not the type of man Belle wishes to marry. On his way to the market, Maurice becomes lost in the forest, and after almost escaping a pack of wolves, or he does escape the pack of wolves, um, he seeks refuge in the beast's castle. However, the beast imprisons, imprisons him when he steals a rose from the garden as a gift to Belle. When Maurice's horse returns without him, Belle ventures out in search of him and finds him locked in the castle dungeon. Belle pleads with the beast to let her take her father's place, to which the beast agrees, but Maurice refuses. Belle is granted the chance to be allowed to say goodbye. She hugs Maurice and then surprises him by swapping places and shutting the gate on herself. The beast drags Maurice away. Belle befriends the castle's servants, including Candelabra, Footman, Lumiere, Mantle, mantle Clock, um, I can't pronounce the other word, Cogsworth, <laughs> Feather Duster Maid, Plummet, and the Teapot Housekeeper, Mrs. Potts, and her son, Chip who is now a teacup. They invite her to a spectacular dinner. Um, when she wanders into the forbidden West Wing and finds the enchanted rose, the beast scares her into the woods. Belle is ambushed off guard by the wolves from earlier, but the beast arrives in time to save her, injuring himself in the process. As Belle nurses his wounds, a spark develops between them. The beast shows Belle a gift from the Enchantress, a book that transports readers wherever they want. Belle uses the book to visit her childhood home in Paris, where she discovers a plague doctor's mask and realizes that she and her father were forced to leave when her mother died from the bubonic plague. The one thing her father could not tell her all of those years ago. Um, Maurice goes back to the um, his village, and he fails to convince the other villagers of the beast, his castle, and Belle's imprisonment. Gaston, um, seeing rescuing Belle as an opportunity to win her hand in marriage, agrees to help Maurice. When Maurice learns of his ulterior motive and rejects him, Gaston knocks him out and abandon, abandons him to be eaten by the wolves. Maurice is rescued by the town hermit Agatha, right? That's how you say her name. Um, but when he tells the townsfolk of Gaston's crime and is unable to provide solid evidence, Gaston convinces them to send Maurice to an insane asylum. After sharing a romantic dance with the beast, Belle discovers Maurice's predicament upon using the magic mirror. The beast releases her to save Maurice, giving her mir the mirror to remember him with. Arriving back in the village, Belle reveals the beast in the mirror, much to the shock of the townsfolk, proving her father's sanity. Realizing Belle is in love with the beast, a jealous Gaston claims that she has been charmed by dark magic and has her thrown into the asylum carriage with Maurice. He rallies the villagers to follow him to the castle to slay the beast before he curses the entire village. Inside the asylum carriage, Belle tells Maurice that she already knows what happened to her mother and knows and shows him the rose rattle that that she took from her magical visit to their old abandoned house. The two manage to escape and Belle rushes back to the castle. During the battle, Gaston abandons his companion, LeFou, who then sides with the beast's servants to fend off the villagers. Meanwhile, Gaston attacks the beast in his tower. The beast is too depressed to fight back, but regains his spirit upon seeing Belle return. He overwhelms Gaston, but spares his life at the last second before reuniting with Belle. However, Gaston shoots the beast from an un <laughs> he shoots the beast from an unstable bridge, which then collapses, sending Gaston falling to his death. The beast then dies 
um, just as the last petal falls and the servants become inanimate objects. Very sad. Yes. As Belle tearfully professes her love to the beast, Agatha reveals herself as the enchantress and undoes the curse, which repairs the crumbling castle, revives the beast, and restores him and his servants to their human forms and to the villagers' memories once again. The film ends with Belle and the prince hosting a ball for the kingdom and they dance happily. And they live happily ever after. As far as we know. As far as we know. <laughs> awesome. This movie was fantastic. Um, super glad that they did a live action version of it. I was really happy with the way they did it. Um, so we usually do this before our questions. Um, we'll go to you first, Aaron. What um, I know you saw probably saw this movie when it first came out. But like, what were your initial thoughts when you saw it? Like being someone that loved the the original animated one so much. Like, what were your first thoughts when you saw this? I was so excited when this movie first came out and when like they were promoting it and everything because Belle has always been my favorite princess. Mm -hmm. So being able to see a live action where everything is like it's more real to us because it looks more human like. Yeah. It was amazing. And I was like younger when this movie came out. So I was still in like my Disney like, oh my gosh, there's a princess kind of phase. Yeah, for sure. I feel that too. I think it was really exciting, especially when the cast started like coming together, and you're like, "Oh, they're casting these people in these roles." I think it was really cool. And Emma Watson as as the uh, as Belle was just a a great cast. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Court? I just love this movie. I also love the original, and I just love I love how much more in detail they go in this movie than the animated one. Yeah. Like it was just really cool. I like that. Um, Agatha kind of plays like a more prominent role like you don't in the animated you just kind of see her in the beginning and she like does the curse thing and then like disappears but she's like kind of like always kind of there in the background like yeah I don't know no I agree I I thought it was a great I think it's good to have her in there like that yeah totally um, my initial thoughts were the same as y'all's. I watched it being a huge fan. Um, Belle's actually my favorite Disney princess, too. I've always thought Belle's always been, like, my favorite. Um, I like her. Um, I like all the songs she sings. I like um, her personality. I like how she's, like, such a... goes against the grain of, like, everybody else that's around her. It's yeah. really cool. Um, I love what they did with the story for the same reason. So I recently actually listened to the real story of Beauty and the Beast, and um, Agatha does play a big role in that story. She's actually intertwined with it. But she doesn't want to see the beast fail in the original story. She actually wants the beast to succeed. So she's trying to help mm-hmm. both of them get together um, in a lot of different ways, which it kind of showed that because Agatha like freed Belle from the, the carriage and like you see her kind of prominently throughout the movie. It's almost like this version of it shows that like he was cursed because of his selfishness, but like the person that cursed him wanted him to learn a lesson from it, but she also wanted him to like, you know, learn from it and be better because of it, which is yeah. what ends up happening. But I also really loved with this version that they did the same thing the reason the beast gets mad in the, in the animated one is just because Marie stumbles into his castle and sits in his chair but in the real story uh, the beast gets mad because he steals a rose from his garden and so they're them showing like Maurice like leaving the castle and then the beast kind of being okay with it like okay he's leaving now and then he steals the rose and the beast was like I can't tolerate this and like jumps down and then imprisons him I thought that was really cool yeah I think it's also cool just like that they show kind of the reason about why roses are so important to Belle. And she... Yes. Um, I don't know, like... Because you're like, oh, why is she asking her father for a rose? Like, that's weird. I mean, not weird, but just, like, it's very specific. Um, but then to, like, get to know a little bit of the backstory yeah. and what actually happened to her mom was, like, really cool. Yeah, and she asks for it every year when he goes away to the, to the yeah. thing, which is really cool. 
Yeah. Love that. Okay. I agree. I also think that it took me a minute to get used to the candlestick and the and the yeah. clock. That's that's another thing. With all of Disney's live actions that they're coming out with, they're um the CGI is so weird all the time. Like all of their faces. If I like, if you've seen the previews for the new Little Mermaid movie coming yeah, out, yes. Flounder and Sebastian they and freak Scuttle me out. are scary. Me out, and it's yes. like all of their. I'm trying to th- uh, like from Aladdin. Um, what's the monkey's name? I'm blinking. Abu. Abu. Yeah, Abu. Abu's face in the live action is we weird too. We haven't seen too. the live action. I haven't seen that one. It, let me tell you, it's weird. I've heard. It's just ugh. like they're a billion dollar company. You think they could do better. Well, I agree with you a thousand percent because then you look at like movies like the original Beauty and the Beast and the animation is stunning from 1991. It's just stunning. Like the animation is gorgeous and like all the technology has come so far and then Lumiere just looks so weird. And it's even other companies that like are lesser than Disney and coming out with these type of movies and then it looks like even better quality. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, That's a good point. Maybe they'll maybe they'll start changing. About when I saw the picture of Flounder, I saw it like two days ago on Instagram. I, I was like, no way! It's so laughable. It's so laughable. He's so round. <laughs> He's like this like bullet looking thing. It's so it's so weird. Um, it's like okay, me and one of my coworkers were talking about Flounder the other day. They I think they make him an actual Flounder in this movie, in Air in The Little Mermaid, but in the original animated version, he's not actually like. No, he's not actually. Per Google, he's not a real flounder. He's like more of like an angelfish type of. That's why he's so like around and his colors are so prominent. But now in the live action, he's like a real flounder and he looks weird. Well, real flounders have both their eyes are on their side. Yeah, Yeah, it's weird. Flat. Yeah, so I haven't seen. It's like the guy from SpongeBob. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, flats. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like that. Yeah. I think it's weird too. And the original flounder is just such a cool character. Like with his vibrant colors and the way he's like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm worried. I'm worried. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> My other initial thought of this movie though that I really did like is I love the way they animated like the country or not anime. I guess it was kind of CGI though, like the uh, countryside in Beauty and the Beast. Like the it was so vibrant. The castle. Really- like one of my favorite scenes and we'll talk more about scenes but like that scene where she does the reprise I want adventure in the great wide somewhere and she's yeah. walking in a meadow and it oversees like the whole countryside I just it's like the way they did that was really pretty I like the like, scenes Agreed. like that in the movie alright cool let's go first question I'll go to you uh, first Courtney what's your favorite character in this movie I just okay I really like LeFou I think I just am a Josh Gad stan 110%. He's fantastic. Um, I love him. I also really like Belle. Yeah. And that's it. Cool. <laughs> and what about you? And wait, and uh, uh, the horse. Oh, Philippe. Philippe, I yes. love Philippe. I love Philippe. Yeah, he's great. First of all, Belle, because she's my favorite princess. Yeah. But also, I really like the wardrobe. Yeah. Even though she like sleeps all the time. Yeah. She like when she does come alive and she does like her operatic singing, it's like Yeah. It's like ten out of ten. No, I agree. It also changes the pace because it'll be like they'll just talking and then she's just like out here. Super animated. Yeah, I like that. That's a great take. I agree with that. And her singing is amazing. Yeah. This this movie has a ton of great characters. I I think I'll have to agree with you. I, I really like Belle a lot. 
Um, but it's a toss-up between her and LeFou. I really love LeFou. I love the way... Y'all, y'all remind me, because it's been, a, it's been a, a while since I've watched the movie all the way through. Does LeFou have a change of heart like he does in this one, in the um, in the animated one, as much? I know he kind of does. I don't think so. It's not like this, though. He's straight up, like, at the end of it, he's like, well, he this is wrong. This is wrong, yeah. Gaston is being a butthole, and, yeah. like, is treating him poorly. He's, like, making up these wild things, and then... He's like, screw this. Yeah, and you can tell that he's just like his moral compass just kind of redirect. And you can kind yeah. of tell LeFou is kind of just, he wants to be accepted. Yeah. yeah. And so he like spends time with um, Gaston because Gaston is like, honestly, Gaston's popular, but I don't think Gaston has many friends though. That's why LeFou is the only person that like hangs out with him. Yeah. So anyways, I feel really bad for LeFou. So I would think he's like right there next to Belle for me. Um, Belle is uh, hands down my favorite character in the animated one and in this one too, she is too. I thought Emma Watson really nailed the role really well. Um, yes. What about least favorite character, Aaron? I'll let you go first. Um, that's a good question. It is a good question. I don't want to say Gaston, even though he's the villain, because like he's a good villain. Yeah, we always yeah. we have the same thing. We always have a hard time with that. And also the guy, the guy they cast him with was, did a fantastic job. Yes, oh, yes. He was Luke a great Evans. Gaston. Luke Evans is a fantastic Gaston. I don't know. Like they're all good. So like my least favorite. It's not even saying that they're bad. Right. It's just. Probably the piano guy. Mm, good take. I like that. He's just like... He's kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Courtney? Cogsworth. Oh, You Cogsworth. don't like Cogsworth? I mean, I do like him. It's hard because like you said, like just because... I think they're all really good characters. They're all needed. I can see. I know you though. I know why he... I can tell why he annoys Cogsworth you. Cogsworth just gets in the way. Lumiere's trying to like... Fix the problem. Fix the problem. Get Belle to fall in love. And he's like, Cogsworth is like, you can't be in here. This is wrong. You shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. He said she couldn't eat. That's funny. Just let it happen. That's funny. Let go. Go You don't have to be in control. That's funny. Um, I think my least favorite is probably, this is tough. This is really, really tough. The townspeople, whatever the, 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 oh, the school teacher dude who like dumps her clothes on the ground after she's like washing, oh, yeah. showing the girl how to like he watch, to read. And he's like, well, you're teaching a girl to read. And he gets mad and like tosses it that he's my least favorite character. Zero out of 10. Yeah, zero or out the 10. like girls that are like fawning over Gaston yeah. and they get mud all over their clothes. Yeah. That is funny. That is really funny. You know who I just remembered that might actually be one of my favorite characters? Who? The dog. <gasps> the little stool dog. Yes. He's, he's good in so both cute. movies, in the original yes. and in this. Yeah. yeah, I agree. He's so cute. When he turns into a real dog, he's a cute dog. He's a yeah. cute doggy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, while we're on characters, let's just talk about all the all the ones because we, we got to cover a lot of ground. There's a lot of really good characters in the movie. I'll actually go first. One of the characters that I thought was done really well in this movie, that was also done really well in the other movie, but I liked actually better than the original, is the um, is the dad. Her dad. I oh, loved, same. I I like loved him. I love him. That yeah. song that he sings, how sweet he is. Um, and like, I don't know, like when, you know how when you cast things, like sometimes things look a little off. The way they cast him, like the way he looked, looked like he could be Emma Watson playing Belle's dad. Does that make sense? Like, I was like, that looks like it's her dad. Like, it doesn't yeah. look weird. Like, sometimes they cast someone as someone's dad, and you're like, eh, I don't know. But I like thought that he was really good. And then I just really liked like everything in the castle, all the enchanted characters. I thought they were really, really good. Um, they, the animation was a little strange, but um, other than that, like Lumiere is always just 10 out of 10. Yeah. So funny. What about you guys? Any other characters that like stand out to you that you want to talk about or that you want to bring attention to? 
I like the beast development over this movie way better than the animated. Yeah, he grows a lot more. And he's almost meaner. You can, like, see how, like, tough and reserved he is. And then you can slowly see his guards come down. Yeah. So I feel like in the animated version, it's just, like, right away. They're good, yeah. With, like, and with, like, Days in the Sun and everything, you can see his past and why he is how he is. Instead of just, he's mean, he's selfish. Yeah. And then... He's all of a sudden now really nice. I agree with you a thousand percent. When, when they when they added that little scene in there to show his past, yeah. it made it made a lot more sense as to the way he is, the way that he is. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. What about you, Courtney? Okay. <laughs> just the thing I noticed or just thought about. In the animated version, there are lots of other like teacups, and in this one, it's this just Chip. One. Yeah. What happened to all the other teacups? He doesn't need them because he's the only one that... The beast got mad. He killed him. <laughs> that, was, that was dark. <laughs> oh, man. I don't like how Chip and Mrs. Potts are animated. No, Mrs. Potts, yeah, no. I love her as a character. It freaks me out. I've always loved her as a character. It but. made me really sad when she is like, they're like fighting and... She's like, oh, it's Mr. Potts. And Mr. Potts is a village person and literally just forgot. Doesn't remember her. Doesn't remember her or the castle yeah. or anything. It just is so sad. It showed that she was like the maid that worked there at the house or the, or the cook. And that he probably had a job in the village. And so when they, everything got frozen, um, like whenever they turned them into all those things, when the enchantress made everybody forget they got their... got stuck in the castle. They got stuck in the castle, but he also erased her husband's mind. So he forgot that he had a kid and a, and a, wife. And a wife. Yeah. Sad, I know. Yeah, yeah, that is really sad. Yeah, Courtney's having an existential crisis over it. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking, cause like, you know, in the in the Bell song, how he there's someone who's like, oh, how's your family? And then a girl is like, oh, well, how's your wife? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And are they saying that to Mr. Potts? That's very possible. I never thought about that. Because maybe he's being flirty around the village because he forgets he has a wife. But do well then how do other people? Rem- I don't know. Okay, I'm just I'm you're spiraling. going you're you're spiraling. <laughs> yeah, you are definitely spiraling. Um, but yeah, I think this movie. I mean, it's it's really pushed forward, and we haven't talked about him a lot yet. So I'll talk about him a little bit too. I like the Beast a lot in this movie. Um, I like his voice. I like the way he's voice casted. I like his singing. Yes. Um, he's fantastic. Agree. Yeah, I think him and Bill together are are great. Um. He's does a good job of being very tough and holding that gruffness for a while, but then when he softens up, like he really softens. Um, it's really, really cool. Another thing with that is when I don't have you seen pictures of when they were filming Mm-mm. the movie and he was in the beast suit? Mm-mm. I don't understand how any of those people were able to keep it together because, especially during Beauty and the Beast, like the song where they're dancing, yeah. he's in like a eight feet like gray suit that has like yeah show tj it is like so funny how she had to dance with that that's what he looked like when oh they were filming wow because they had to cgi it yeah oh wow. so it's just like a really puffy like gray suit and they had to be so serious and he had to be like angry all the time but if somebody was yelling at me wearing that suit i would lose it every i would laugh time. every time dang that's hysterical so that also shows the professionalism of all of the them. actors. Yeah. I uh if you're if you're listening, um you should definitely look it up. Look up the uh, suit that Beast had to wear in this movie because that is absolutely hysterical. 
That would suck. Um, okay. Anything else on characters, Courtney? No. Cool. Great characters in this movie all around. All right. This is one of my favorite questions for movies like this. Uh, favorite scene. Uh, Courtney, why don't you go first? I really enjoy the scene when um, the beast takes Belle into the library for the first time. Mm. That is a cute scene. Yeah. And she's like, oh my gosh, all these books. And it's like almost like they actually can connect on something other. And he's very well read. Yeah. Which she's not used to seeing. And she's like, oh, you've read all these books? And he was like, well, yeah, most of them. He says something about some Summer of them. Summer in Greek. Summer in Greek. And then, and then she's like, did you just try to make a joke? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was and like, he's just like, what? And then he like walks away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's cute though. It was yeah. cute. It was like the first time they actually like connected. Yeah. And instead of like being mad at each other and like. Yeah. Right. I agree. That was a good scene. Aaron, what about you? I really like Belle because of like the contrast between her just living her life and reading and then everybody else being like, she's so weird. And like all of the colors and like seeing the village and everything. But I also like something there because when like Belle throws the snowball at the beast and then he like retaliates and like smacks her right in the face with it. It's a great scene. I think it's so funny. Yeah, I agree with you. That's great. Yeah, that's a great scene. Um, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think my overall favorite scene is uh, throughout the whole song of Belle, like whenever she's like walking through the village. Um, I like it in both movies the most. Yeah. yeah. It's good. so good. The way that they did too, and we'll talk more about this when we get the songs, but like the way that they did Gaston and her singing off sync with each other, like she starts singing and then he's like, please let me through. And then she's going back and forth the whole time because what that's showing musically is that they're not on the same page. Like he was mm-hmm. wants something that she doesn't want and vice versa. So that was really, really cool. Um, I think my other favorite scene is the one that I talked about already is when she like walks out into the meadow by her house and she's like, I want adventure in the great. She like reprises yeah. the bell song. It's so pretty to me. It gets me in both movies every time. And then you have that look over the countryside and it's really, really pretty. Especially because at this time, like women are expected to like get married and be in their place and take care of the kids and in the house. And, she and when she's presented that. with that opportunity, like you're not allowed really to say no unless no. your unless your father is like no which he was which was yeah. really cool but at this point we hadn't seen that no but she was basically like writing her own story at that point she was and also that like, Gaston has this really like like kind of nasty or disgusting line where he's like well don't do I need to remind you what happens to to women after that are unmarried after their father dies and then shows like a the homeless. beggars yeah. yeah and like it's so un- uncompassionate yeah, that's good. I, I like that you brought that point. I think I just remember the lyrics to it. Hopefully I don't butcher it. But like, I think the line she sings is, I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. I want it more than I can tell. And then um, for once it might be grand um, to have someone understand, I want so much more than they've got planned. Yeah. And like, there's just the whole string of words. But she, it's like, the song slows down and she sings it very slowly. That whole scene is just really, really pretty. Yeah. Did you already say yours, Courtney? Yeah. What was it? I'm just on a spiral. I'm looking at the pictures of the beast. Okay, Courtney. You definitely have not said your favorite scene yet. No, I definitely have. I went before Aaron. Oh. Yeah, she did. Um, what was yours? The library. The library. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, the library scene is one of my favorites, too. Or I like it a lot. Um, I, I don't know. When I grew up, um, when I was growing up as a kid, I read a lot. Like, a lot. Like, a book or two a week. And so, reading always holds a special place to me. But I don't read anymore, which is kind of sad. Lame. I know. I should start reading again. Actually, I have been reading a little bit recently. We bought a bunch of books. We were going to read like a book a month this year. We started off really good. I read a lot in January, February, but I haven't read much since then. 
finished one book this year. Yeah, hey, it's better than nothing. But I just like reading. Just it makes the time go by so much faster, and like I feel, like I feel accomplished after I read. Mm. You know, it's just like a good movie or show. Like you get lost in it, and you're like yeah. wanting to like find out what happens next. Yes, you do. Actually, I lied. I've read two books this year. The second book that I read is really intriguing. Good job. Two books. How many books have you read this year? I no, actually, I used to read all the time, but I haven't been able to as much this year. I've only read one. Really? Yeah. No. Since the beginning of the year, I'm doing as good as you. I used to read. Going on though. You do. Yeah, I used to read like two, maybe three books a week. That's how I was when I was around her age, probably 14 to about 20, 21. I read three to four books a week. And you've always hated reading. Two of them were forced every week. I did too until I started reading. Stuff that you wanted to read. Yeah. Yes, that's what happened to me. Like I was like on TikTok and I saw like reading videos and I just got lost. And then I went to one of my reading friends and was like, give me books. That's so cool. (laughs) Kind of going back to that scene too with the library, like I've always liked that idea of like if we ever had a really big house or even in this house, like to have one room that like has like 300 books in it. My dream. Yeah, it'd be cool. Like, not even like as many as he has, right? Just like, oh, like a, just a normal bedroom in a normal house would they have like a huge bookshelf that had a couple hundred books on it? And you could have like a little table in there with like a nice reading chair. Maybe have like a little espresso machine, like coffee machine where you can make coffee. It'd be so cool. I can make you coffee. Yeah, you can. You're gonna I know can. how to do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You just got hired at Starbucks. You're gonna be a, the professional barista. Yes. That's gonna be exciting. Learn all the tricks and then come make me coffee. I will. Um. But yeah, the library is really cool. I kind of really, it makes me like want a library really, really bad. I shouldn't talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it. I had this idea with um, with my friend Colin. We wanted to do a library bar because like, I feel like reading is like an old pastime. We wanted to find a place in like Riverside or San Marco and have like a, like a thousand books, like all kinds of different. Most of them will be novels, like classic novels, but then a couple newer ones. And it's a like a beer and wine bar where people can come. And um, with uh, when you buy a drink, you get like a book with it. Or even bring your own book. Bring your own book, that too. Yeah, I thought it would be a cool concept. BYOB. BYOB. Yeah. Okay. Least favorite scene. Courtney, go. (laughs) I don't know. Come back to me. Okay. Do you know what your least favorite scene is? Come back to me. (laughs) It's almost easy. Um, For me, it's whenever they throw uh, Maurice into the, uh, like, the thing. (sighs) Because it gives me PTSD of when the old asylum guy in the animated one, he's so creepy. Yeah, so animated creepy. one. his name? I knew his name, but I don't know it anymore. The asylum guy? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember his name either. But yeah, I, whenever they throw, whenever Maurice is mistreated, it also kind of breaks my heart when him and Belle switch places and he's just like so brokenhearted by it. Yeah. Like, and she like tricks him. She thinks, he thinks that he's just like, she's saying goodbye. And he shoves him out of the cell yeah. and closes the door. Because the beast is like, when this door closes again, whoever's inside of it's never leaving. Well, the thing is that she shut herself in there. I know that, but that's what he was saying. He's like, if you, if you basically make this decision, do you could tell though they did a good job of acting it, even though he didn't soften hardly at all. He looked; it took him a second. Like the beast kind of looked at her and the father and was like, and Maurice was like, did she really just do that? No, I think it was the beginning of him like, yeah, softening. It was his first like real um, example of selflessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone showing him that they were like, yeah, yeah, that's so true. That's good. Okay, back to y'all. Least favorite scenes. I don't know. It's hard because there's no scenes that I don't like. No, I'm with you. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I was more nip. I was more when it comes to the stuff like this. I just think of a scene in my head that like was sad or made me like sad. 
and they're not even my least favorite scene. It's just, but then again, one of my favorite scenes is the one where he they go back to her to Paris to her family's home. Oh, but that's it's still really scene. sad too. It's so sad. Like, I don't. It's yeah. Like, I think it's really sad when Gaston shoots the beast. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. I'm cool. Two birds with one stone. Yeah. Yep. I'm. You know the secret to killing two birds with one stone? Small birds, little rock, or big rock. <laughs> You're hilarious. I know, I know, I know. I'm just curious what time period this is supposed to be taking place and if they actually had guns. I'm sure they, they, did. Did. they did. I thought it was like the 1800s, it but is. I might be It's like 1700s, but they definitely had gunpowder. Because they had gunpowder in the 1500s. They had I guns never... in Germany at 1500. I'm, re- I'm listening to a podcast about it right now. Slay. The day away. Never slay. <laughs> 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 Aaron always says slay, and I always say the day away, and then we lose it. Well, I said slay the day away first, and you then did. TJ stole it from me. I did not steal it from you. Because he's a little copycat. Okay. He is. Listen, if you can't be original, sometimes that's what it takes. Slay. The day away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about scenes in general. There's a lot of really, really good ones. I will go first. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, a couple of scenes that I thought really, really are iconic that may not be people's favorites are I love the um, the Gaston song. Um, yes. In the bar, like in the tavern. That oh, whole I scene. Oh, love it. Just fantastic. The way, the way they changed the music up and he's like on the, him and LeFou are just like running around and he's like dancing on the table. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then That's when, exactly how it goes. It is. And then he's... Um, like the like, I'm especially good at expectorating, and then he spits. spits. Yeah, like what a great line though. Like it's really funny. And then um, Lefou trying to spell his name at the end of the song. And on the wall behind yes, him, so it says his name. It says his name. Could have <laughs> I just realized I'm illiterate. <laughs> Never had to spell it out loud before. before. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Also, the choreography, like the whole atmosphere oh, for that yes. song, yes. is just. And Luke Evans is an amazing singer. He is a good singer. He's so good. He did not sound auto-tuned like Emma did. No offense to Emma. In fact, she, her acting was fantastic, but she sounds really auto-tuned. Yeah. He sounded like he was in the room singing with you. Like, yeah. It was, he's so good. Um, Josh Gad, too. And they didn't try to make Josh Gad sound pitch perfect. They let him be very theaterish, but it was very, like, like with a lot of gusto and, like, vibrato. It was just very, like, powerful. Yeah. It was good. Speaking of songs, mm-hmm. should we talk about songs? Sure, we can talk about songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you brought it up, what's your favorite song? Okay. I really like the song that the dad sings, mm-hmm. How Does a Moment Last Forever, at the beginning. Really good. He sings it so, in such a sweet, like, yeah. tone. I also just really like Belle. I yeah. really like Be Our Guest. Yeah. Especially iconic. It's iconic. It gives me a lot of like um, Fantasia vibes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really enjoy. And I really like Beauty and the Beast. Just classic. Yeah, I agree. Aaron, what about you? I really like the addition of the, I don't know exactly what it's called, but the one in Paris when she's in her childhood yeah. home. It, should, it just feels like such a raw song. Yeah. And 
I just, I love the backstory added. Yeah. Yes. It adds like that ring, just like the beast got that wrinkle added to his story. It's like that nice little wrinkle to her story that was. And like, it's a traumatic event and like Belle is rehashing it. And so the beast is kind of there for her and yeah. like, it allows them to open up to each other even yeah. more yeah. as they're already progressing. I agree. So it adds that other layer. Yeah. Of them falling in love. Yeah. yeah. It was like a depth of, yeah. Because a lot, a lot of falling in love is sharing each other's pain. So yeah. That was really good. I agree. Great take on that. My favorite song, um, I always, I love Belle. Like the first opening song. I love it. Bonjour. Yeah. Bonjour. 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 I do. <laughs> I don't yeah, even know that's how it goes. That's kind of yeah, how, how it goes. goes. It is. We never skip it when we have, when it comes on the car ride to Disney. We never skip that song. No. But for this Must movie in particular, I really like Forevermore by The Beast. Yeah. It's like stuck in my head. I can't, like, I can't stop listening to it. Um, it's like, because it's like him releasing her. Because he basically is like... He's like some of the some of the lines say stuff like I know that she's I know she'll never leave me even as she runs away. So what he's basically saying is like she'll never leave like my thoughts my and he just you know she'll always be here she'll always torment me like the thought of her the love that I have for and her. And she changed me and like yes even though she's leaving like I'll still have like the, the remembrance of her because yes of she brought me to be yeah I like that song so sad it is so sad and you can tell the brokenness in the act and in, in, in the voice of the person I think his name's Dan Stevens yes yeah Dan Stevens he he his I love his voice you were saying earlier he's like a bass he's a true bass he's a true bass and his voice is just fantastic and then when he like he like reaches what would be his high note when I get that last chorus and it's just so still so deep and full it's just beautiful I don't think he has a lot of autotune on his voice either no no no, they did add some uh, effects to it to give it that beastie sound. Yeah, like there's a little bit of gr- gravel that they uh, you almost feels added. But other than that, yeah, there's no like auto tune. No, he was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, they all have um, none of them probably have auto tune, but they all have um, melodyne. But that's like auto tune just like shoves your voice in places. It's for people that have really terrible pitch. Melodyne just helps correct your little imperfections, which is what makes you sound like you don't have any. Um, flaws in your voice or something similar to Melvin. You can like break the each note apart and like shift things around so it sounds super natural and That's not crazy. auto-tuned. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because they, as much money as they had, like you said before, they probably could have spent a little bit more time on Emma Watson's voice. Yeah. Because there's some notes that she hits that are just like, it's like, that's it's too perfect. It's just too perfect. Yeah. And there's plenty of instances where people have done a movie musical or a musical in general where they learn to sing in a year. Yeah. And it sounds like... Like I don't know if you know the musical Tick Tick Boom. Andrew Garfield plays the main character, and Andrew Garfield can't can't normally sing or play piano, but he learned to do both of those things in, in like a year and a half. Yeah, and played that character perfectly. So if they would have like spent a little more a little bit more time on it, I think it would have a like, little more natural. Yeah, and a lot of people wouldn't have been so mad about it. I agree with you because that was the biggest like thing for this movie is that everybody didn't like Emma Watson because they felt they had to change her voice so much. They should have just picked somebody that had not the name, but like the character or the singing ability. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You almost think about it because she has dark hair too. Someone that could have crushed the role but she was already entangled would have been uh, Mandy Moore. Yeah. She's a phenomenal singer too. She is. Yeah, yes. but she already has Rapunzel wrapped up. Um, but no, Emma Watson still did it. She acted it really, really well. Yeah. Um, all the songs in this movie are great. All the songs in the original. I, this soundtrack didn't miss. Like, it no. was fantastic. I wish they would have added more of the musical songs, though. Yeah, the, the musical, I've never seen it, but they're from just, what Aaron says, it's great. They're better. Forevermore is from the musical. That's what I thought, yeah. That they wrote. Um, but there's like just little ones that make it really good. Yeah, I will say this movie had a musical, has, has a musical feel to it. 
it's almost like I don't feel like I'm watching a movie. I feel like I'm watching a really high end like production of a musical that they filmed. That they filmed, yeah. Which I kind of liked because I didn't feel like I was watching, you know, a movie. I felt like I was watching a really cool musical. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I want to ask this question. This is the only question that I wanted to throw a little wrinkle in. What is your, what is your favorite um, song they threw into this movie that was not part of the original soundtrack from the '90s movie? I already said mine. Oh, yours was the uh, the Paris childhood, song. yeah, the Paris song. Yeah, how does a moment last forever? Yeah, that's yours. <laughs> yeah, I said cool. that was one of my favorite songs. Oh, cool. <laughs> and yours is Forevermore. Yeah, mine is Forevermore. I just thought it was cool. That I think that it's funny that we all kind of gravitated to the other songs that aren't like from the original soundtrack. Cool. Good. They are really good. Is this movie over or underrated? I think under because so many people like don't like it or talk bad about it. They don't appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Past the CGI and the little bit of audio enhancements on people's voices, I think it's really good. Yeah. I agree. It's one of the, I think it's one of the better. Live actions. I think it's probably the best, like, live action remake. There are other really mm-hmm. good live action movies, but yeah. I think as far as remakes go, I think this is probably the best one. I would a thousand percent agree. I, I agree with both of you. I think that it's underrated, and I'll say, because I think that, like, to your point, they pulled a lot of stuff from the musical for it, which made it, like, really good. It has a lot of good depth to it. Like, the movie has depth. A lot of times when there is a musical that adapted from a book or a movie, they add so many more layers and backstory. That way it all weaves together, like, more symmetrically, because you can't, you don't have, like, the ability to have a screen where, like, you can cut to random things. Yeah. And I don't really know how else to describe it. Like, it has to flow naturally. It makes sense, because, yeah. like, a lot of the older Disney movies are really... The plots are really clunky, and they sometimes going from point to point doesn't make sense, so you have yeah. to add that stuff for it to, like, flow well. And there, there's It's really apparent in Frozen. There's a lot of, like, things... The way that they, they kind of change the story a little bit, that way it fit better yeah. than how it is in the movie. Yeah. But I think it works better and it allows more like creative freedom from adding songs and yeah having an overall better story yeah and even as, even though disney movie soundtracks carry a lot of the storyline i feel like because it, it, it's a musical people are expecting to hear a lot of singing so you can add other songs to it and like you can really play to that strength yeah. i think it's really good agreed yeah i think we're all in agreement it's definitely underrated this question is going to be fun um what's a theme from the movie to apply to your everyday life um i'll lob it up to whoever wants to go first We didn't pause, ladies and gentlemen. They're just thinking. <laughs> Normally, I think about this question before mm-hmm. we record. I didn't really think about it. I just, I don't know. <sighs> okay. Here we go. Sitting back. <laughs> I think we can learn a lot from LeFou. Okay. I love where this is going. Okay. When you're desperate for attention and to fit in with like the it group or the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the cool people, like you'll do whatever it takes. You'll follow whatever you need to follow. You'll submit to whatever authority you need to, to continue to fit in and not be the outsider, the outcast. That's good. But it can take you to some really dark, dark places, places, scary places. Like he was willing to let Maurice 
hang out in the woods and get eaten by wolves. You know mm, what I mean? Like yeah. he just left them there. But if he wasn't so submitted to Gaston's authority, like his to say it would have ended up the same way. Yeah. So you just have to be careful. Like, yeah, we all, I think as humans, we all have that natural desire to want to fit in and to want to be a part of something because yeah. we were designed for, to have community, to live with people, to not do life alone. Like that's in our DNA. It's how we were designed. But when we're so desperate for it, we're almost willing to do every, anything. That's really good. Quote. So we just have to be careful of where, where it can take us. Yeah. That's so good. <sighs> I'm out of breath. <laughs> I think one of them can be from Agatha and even the, the, other objects is that like you can help people and you can do all things in your power to help them but at the end of the day you can't make them or force them to do something that they yeah. don't want to do yeah. yeah and so like Agatha was trying to help him the beast like becoming selfless and the objects were trying to coach him on how to talk to Belle and everything but if he didn't want to change and if he didn't want to reverse the curse then he wouldn't have yeah that's true yeah that's good it's good. It's a good take. Um, I think that this is going to be super cheesy, but it's just something I always get from this movie. And it's a, you know, it's a Disney movie, so it's kind of got these cheesy elements. But I think that it's just that friendship or love can come from really unexpected places. Yeah. That's kind of what I've always taken from this movie. Um, there's a lot of other ones, but that's the main one that I got watching it this time. It's like watching her and him, like, um, and then you have the songs that kind of play into it. Like there's something sweet and almost kind, you know, and she sings about him. I almost him, get like, to see more of their friendship in this movie. Yeah. yeah. As it builds into a relationship. And I think that it's like, you should definitely be careful when you're put in situations and you're just like, Oh, I'm stuck here with this person. Or like, I'm stuck here. It's like, well, you don't know what that's going to blossom into. So like get to know that person, but now maybe you just don't get along with them. There's just people in life you don't get along with, but yeah. And then you see, got this. See, so I just think it's never write any relationship off. Never write any, any, any place that you're at off. Like, you know, just get to know the person as who they are and then go from there is like a really good theme to take away from this. Another theme that I really love um, that Bell exudes is just go against the grain if you know it's right or it's what you want to do. Like if you live in a world where it's unacceptable for girls to read books, but you're a girl who wants to read books, read books. Like don't let people, don't let society tell you you can or can't do something, you know? It might yeah. mean, you might get some hate for it, but... I agree because it's like at the end of the day, at the end of your life are those people that are judging you in the moment, are they going to be sitting there while you're on your deathbed? They're not. All that matters is you, what you've done, your heart, your family, your friends. So like whatever yeah. you got to do, you got to do whatever you want to do, whatever you have the desire to do, whatever your passions and hobbies are, like do them. Yeah. Who cares good. what anyone else has to say? Would you have rather done something that you love or be on your deathbed and be regretting that you didn't do something when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great exactly. question. And that's, that's exactly the mentality you should have in situations like, like what Belle was going through. Like, you know, I mean, she, when you think about it, she had a lot to lose. Like, and Gaston pointed it out. Like if, if you're, if your father, God forbid, were to die, like you would be a spinster. Like you would be, you would, yeah. you know, you would have no status in this, in this world, but she chose to risk it because it wasn't what she wanted to do. So I like that a lot. It's good. Um, this is a fun question. Um, we always do favorite movie drinks or snacks. So Aaron, Two questions. One, you're at home on the couch, turning your favorite Disney movie on. What snack are you picking to have at home? I mean, 
when you watch a movie, you have to pick the movie snack, which is popcorn. Okay. So you like popcorn. So I just go to popcorn. I like popcorn too. She does too, actually. Um, do you, is it the same answer for a movie theater? Or do you pick different snacks you go to the theater? I really don't eat snacks when I go to the theater. You got to smuggle them in. Well, sometimes I let you have them in. I just, I'm just so focused on watching it that I'm yeah. not like eating. But if I had to say one thing, it would probably be like... I really like the pretzels at the theater. Like they do Ooh. like the yeah. salted pretzels. Yeah. It's very good. Those are good. I like that. I think we said it last week with Kelsey, but like we love all the gummy snacks. I like all the gummy snacks. Snow caps. Snow caps. Yeah. Those are good. Those are good. Yeah. We need to go to the theater. We haven't been to a movie theater in a long time. Since like before COVID. Since before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not... Watching Everything's movie. online now. You it's can online. just watch it at yeah. your house. Yeah, and watching movie. Because like, I think we were actually going to go see Cruella, but then we ended up just buying it on movie. Or on and it Disney was such Plus. a delightful experience. Have yeah, we Cruella? had people over too for it, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That's what I was just about to say. It's so fun. Like we haven't done this in a while, but we used to even have like movie nights where people come over and like we did it for um our Halloween party. We had a Harry Potter like watching party, and people came over and like we just had people over to watch a movie, and it was really fun. We dressed yeah. up as Harry Potter. Yeah, we did dress up as Harry Potter. It was fun. Do you like Harry Potter? I've never seen it. Oh. Or read the books. I haven't read the books yet. Well, when my brother was going through a phase of Harry Potter, like watching the movies and everything, I was so young that it would have freaked me out. So I wasn't allowed to watch it. But I just haven't really had the interest. I think you would like them a lot, especially Emma Watson's characters, Hermione. I think you would like, I think you would gravitate to her a lot. It's, they're good movies though. You'll like them. The books are good. This being that you like to read, you probably read the books too. Books are fantastic. Have you read them? No, but I've heard that they're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read the first one? Oh, yeah. I read the first one last year. That's what I thought. Yeah. I mean, I like read them when I was younger, but like I reread the first them, one. Yeah. No, I just heard they're fantastic. Yeah. I'm in the middle of reading Lord of the Rings right now. I've been reading the first Lord of the Rings book for like a year Interesting. and a half. Yeah. Have you ever read them? No. They're very good. They're long though. It doesn't interest me in the slightest. The yeah. movies are like my favorite <laughs> movies ever. Also, does not interest me I in the slightest. I love Lord of the Rings. It's so good. It's one of Kelsey's favorite movies. Her and her dad, Brad and uh, Brad and Kelsey, watch it together all the time. Um, okay. Any other thoughts about this movie? Love it. It's great. It's awesome. We had charcuterie when we watched it. We did have charcuterie when we watched it. The only thing I was mad about when it came out is that it, they didn't wait longer to come out with it so that I could be Belle. Mm. Uh, but Emma Watson crushed it, so. <laughs> when they, I'm not mad about it when anymore. When they do the remake, another remake in 10 years, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. That'd be wild. Yeah. You should definitely, whenever if there's like ever a musical opportunity for you to do Belle, you should do well, it. Well, my eighth grade year, my school did it. Yeah. And... The whole story about it is the year before my director asked me what I wanted to do for our show next year. And I said Beauty and the Beast. And then she was like, yeah, that could be fun. But she kind of like brushed it off. And then the next year we ended up doing it. And I got one of the silly girls, which is like the girls that like fawn over Gaston. And normally there's three, but instead she casted six girls. So all my lines got like given away to other people. But it was COVID, so we didn't perform the show. So it's fine. Who was going to be Belle? Um, one of my friends at the time, she goes to an art school now. She's yeah. like insanely talented and everything, but like I was a little upset. Yeah. I think yeah. you'd be a great Belle. Same yeah. I think you'd be, a, I think you would crush it as Belle. 
especially after your last musical, like playing Miss Honey, like the way you were able to sing your way through everything, like really, really well. I think you'd be a great belle. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah. Hey, dream big. <laughs> yeah. Dream big. There's nothing you can't do. Any closing thoughts, Courtney? No. Same. This is a great movie. It was a great movie. I liked it a lot. Erin, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for having me. Of course. Anytime. Can't wait to have you back for whatever movie we decide you want to come back for. Yeah. We'll talk off mic. <laughs> Two-year anniversary. <laughs> Two-year anniversary. Um, Beauty and the Beast, uh, the Enchanted Castle Christmas episode. <gasps> or the musical. Oh. Ooh. That'd, That'd be, be good. good. I think we should have you on before another year, though. I think you should do like another... Totally. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Well, Courtney, would you like to tell our amazing guests what we have going on throughout the next week, month? Sorry. (laughs) Or this next week, too. We have something fun going on this week, but... Oh, yeah, we're going to Disney this week for my birthday. My birthday's on Wednesday. Woo! A bunch of kids told me I was old today, and I almost had a life crisis. She is not old. (laughs) I'm not old. I'm just like, um, I'm approaching 30, and it's like freaking me out. Approaching. How old are you? I'm going to be 27. She's approaching 30. Upper my then you're up you're in your um late twenty you're in your late twenties late twenties I was gonna say upper twenties but then that sounded weird I was trying to find the late word it just wasn't coming I'm in my early thirties so it's fine yeah. okay but yeah we're going to Epcot and Hollywood Studios this week we tried to get into Hollywood Studios for May the fourth be with you but failed but obviously I mean that'd be hard yeah it was like sold out like months ago it's wild know. um or there's like no more reservations. But we're going to try to go in the evening so we can go watch um, Fireworks The Fantasmic Fantasmic show Yes Okay Hopefully Fingers crossed We'll see what happens Um I don't know Oh but The rest of this month Sorry I'm like Same Um We are going to do Are we doing it in this order? Yeah, we might switch the order up. I mean, obviously, Beating the Beast is first, but then we might switch the order up. Okay. Some. We've been next a lot more relaxed week, recently. Yeah, next week we're going to do Chicken Little. Whoop, whoop. And then we're going to do Holes. Um, I'm excited for that with one. With Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. That movie's really Just good. do it. <laughs> it's, a, it's funny. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, Emperor's New Groove. One of my faves. And Alice in Wonderland. I'm excited for that one, too. Wait, that we, one's going to be good. Would you do an animator or live action, or is that TBD? <laughs> I kind of want to do the live action. All right. We're going to just go ahead and say it now. Live action. Woo! On the record. On the record. On the record. It's going to be a great month. Excited. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, friends. We really appreciate it. Hope you have a great magical Monday. Great whatever day of the week this is that you're listening to this episode. Uh, Courtney, why don't you tell them where they can reach us and find us to follow us? You can find us on Instagram at Sparks Podcast and email us at wishuponasparks at gmail.com. You can listen to us wherever you're listening now or anywhere you get your podcast. And that'd be it. Awesome. Thanks for listening. We can't yeah. wait to see you next week for Chicken Little. Chicken Little. Aaron, the thanks for The sky is on. falling. Thank y'all. Yeah. Bye, friends. Bye.